What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the XES Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Gavin. I'm here with my co-host, Blake. And today we're going to be analyzing some of the most recent free agent action from the frenzy that is the National Football League. The NBA All-Star break. The rosters have been finalized. KD's hurt. We'll get into all that later. And we're going to be talking about some of the most recent sports dynasties that we have seen in recent history. First of all, we're going to kick it off with the J.J. Watt signing. Huge news. We know he asked for a release. And he finally decided on Arizona. Blake, what are your thoughts on this signing in Arizona? Right. Well, of course, um, I was hoping to see J.J. Watt go to my Steelers. I thought him pairing up with T.J. was going to be great. But that didn't happen. We're seeing him now in Arizona. But I think this is actually a pretty decent fit for him. I don't think a lot of people would have expected him to have chosen Arizona in the first place. But now he's going to pair up with Chandler Jones. He's back with his old teammate, DeAndre Hopkins, who he loves. And I saw a message that he sent to Kyler Murray. And he believes that he's going to have a great year. He has a lot of trust in that young quarterback. So he's hoping that Kyler Murray and that great team around him with Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach, he thinks that they can make a run for the title because that's his end game. He wants to make a run for the title. So I think it's actually a pretty good decision for J.J. Walker to land there. And, of course, he, he landed on a lot of money too, 28 mil over two years. And for a, for a 32-year-old, 33-year-old guy through, over these next two, couple of years, that's pretty good money, um, especially knowing all of his injury history. So I like it. I think that it's pretty pretty good for him, a good fit. What do you think about it? Well, I thought it was a predictable option. I kind of saw it. There were tweets coming up from D-Hop. He was kind of talking. Um, I knew he wanted to go somewhere that felt like home, even if it wasn't home. Um, you know, he he did play he did play ball in Illinois. I was hoping he was going to come to Chicago. That, that would be nice. I mean, to be fair, no one wants to go to the Windy City and play some football. But... Um, I, I, to me, I, I did think it was going to, it was very likely option in Arizona. I thought it was Arizona or Pittsburgh. I think he was going to want to go see, go, that, that'd be pretty cool. He got Derek, DJ, and JJ. Hypothetically, he, we were seeing Photoshop pictures and everything. I thought that would have been really cool. Something that would have been re- really fun to watch. Um, would have definitely helped um, the Steelers. They, they need some defensive QB pressure. Um, I feel like that's kind of where they went where they went wrong, especially against the Browns. Um, they just weren't getting much pressure past that past that old line. But for Arizona, I think the reason why he ultimately settled on it is because it was the most attractive option. It looked it's um, it's a team. They got some swagger. They got some talent. Um, and Kyler Murray, obviously, he's one of the hottest quarterbacks in the game right now. Um, coming fresh out of college, he's riding he's riding the flames of his amazing Oklahoma tenure. So um, I think that's kind of what he, he he wanted: the atmosphere, the team, the motivation, the striving for the championship that he wasn't really getting in Houston. Um, and I feel like that's the most we kind of see him as just he's he's to be fair, he's a stereotypical jock. Like if you were to see him walking the hallways of your high school. You would think that he's like this guy that all he cares about is a football game. You know what? Um, uh, I'm not saying that he's not intelligent. <laughs> I don't want that to be what, what what people get from this. But I I think he 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 seriously, deeply, passionately cares about 
um, the game. And that's why he settled in Arizona. He wanted the team that wanted to win, that was young and passionate about the game of football. And he wasn't finding that in Houston. And maybe that stemmed from his quarterback. I don't know. That's a different topic. But, um, yeah, basically, um, that, that that's where my thoughts are. I think it was just an attractive option. It was a young, hot team with motivation to win. But um, I almost feel like he's I almost feel like he's trying to find his youth again, you know, yeah. going to a young team, uh, got some good ballers out there and stuff. And Houston just didn't bring in that energy. But Arizona might be a bit, little bit of a different vibe. Now, I mentioned Pittsburgh, right? And what that would look like for them. Um, another big move recently was the Big Ben. Big Ben resigning, saying he wants to come back, took a pay cut. Um, you're a Steelers fan. How does it feel for you? Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week. We were unsure of Big Ben's future, especially in Pittsburgh. And I, as a Steelers fan, huge Big Ben fan, I'm really hoping that he can come back and have a pretty big year. He honestly had a pretty good year last year, uh, especially to start the year. He was looking young, looking strong, looking healthy. But then, of course, towards the end of the year, we all saw how the Steelers fell apart a bit. But, you know, he might have a little bit of juice left in the tank. He might be... He might be feeling young, feeling healthy, and I think that he can make another good year or two run. I don't know about after that, but I think that this pay cut that he's taking, taking a big pay cut, um, this could be really good for the Steelers, and it could help a lot. So, yeah, as a Steelers fan, I'm excited about it. As a football fan, seeing the quarterback, I'm really excited about everything uh, with Big Ben, and I think that it'll give the Steelers just a little more help because we don't really have a quarterback, and there's not a lot of quarterback prospects in the draft. So maybe this will give us a one or two year buffer to where we can look for a quarterback or someone to help us out there because we're definitely going to need the help um, either now or in the near future. But if Big Ben can stay healthy like he did this past year and we can stay strong, then it might actually be a good year for us. I think we can make a good playoff push, maybe contend. Yeah, you you make a good point talking about the quarterback position and basically just trying to get that transition from – I don't want to say weak draft class, but it kind of feels that way. Especially, I feel like that might be enhanced by um, by by the COVID nineteen effect on college football. But this is feels like a very odd situation for um, NFL um, NFL teams and players at the quarterback position because we have a large group of aging quarterbacks and a large group of young rookies well, so to speak, rookies. They've been in the league a couple of years. But there's teams who have had these veteran quarterbacks and they've been all in on them. Um, We look at teams like the Steelers, like the Patriots. They were all in on Tom Brady. They were all in on Ben Roethlisberger. And that left them with very little depth at the quarterback position. If we look at New England, they didn't hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo because they wanted to win another Super Bowl. And they did um, with Tom. But, um, and then... Jimmy G took took the Niners to a Super Bowl. He lost. But um, that youth, that quarterback depth that these teams sacrifice in their loyalty to their aging quarterbacks, um, it, it's hurt them, especially now when they're looking and they're, they're basically seeing the effects that these decisions had. They are in this state of kind of limbo where they have an aging quarterback and there's not really a future out there. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think that we've seen that with so many teams. The Packers went out and they drafted Jordan Love, and Aaron Rodgers wasn't happy about it, but I think that they did a good job trying to say that, look, Aaron Rodgers is great. Uh, he still has a couple of years of his prime left. 
but we got to prepare for the future. We don't want to have to go through a big phase of rebuilding when we still got good young players, especially like Devontae Adams. So we want to be prepared as, as prepared as possible. But then we also see other teams like the Steelers, the Patriots. They weren't as prepared. Patriots had a huge down year last year. Cam Newton wasn't the solution, clearly. And we saw not this past year, but the year before when Big Ben went down. Um, we didn't have anybody as the backup. Mason Rudolph stepped in, but he didn't do too great. So I think it's important for these these teams with older quarterbacks that they need to prepare as soon as possible, even if it makes the starting quarterback a little uncomfortable, because you got to get these other guys ready. If you're a good team with a lot of good players and you you think you can t- contend, you don't want to have um, a, you want to have a backup plan because if you don't, you're gonna have to struggle for a couple years. But yeah, yeah. That, that makes that makes a huge difference for sure. Yeah, so we're talking Steelers, Patriots, Brady. Um, next year, way too early, all in, confident. Who is winning the Super Bowl next year? Don't think about it. Who is right now? Don't think about it. I mean, I got to go with my gut. That's the Chiefs. I just can't imagine that they're not going to come back even stronger, even hungrier. I think you got like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh, obviously the Cheetah. Tyreek Hill, they're going to want to come back. They're going to be hungry to win, and they're still young with all of the talent in the world. I see them only getting better. They only lost two games this year. One of them was when they were resting their starters week 17, so that doesn't even barely count. I think that they can come back out and just dominate again, but then Tampa Bay might be trying to give them another run for their money, but I don't know. I don't know if that team is going to have the chemistry. I don't know if they'll be as prepared as the Chiefs, because the Chiefs have been balling together for quite a while now. So those are definitely my my front runners. How about you? Um, you know what? I I I'm gonna go out unpopular opinion, Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that Big Ben, um, he he might have the answer. If Juju Smith Schuster, I think that man's the key. If that man can stay off of Fortnite, stay off of Fortnite, go to the gym and catch some footballs. I think that the Steelers are gonna be quite good and I think that they're gonna win the Super Bowl. And that's me saying, not knocking Fortnite. If anybody here grinds grinds video games or whatnot. But Juju kind of has been in this lull lately where he's not happy with his position. He's not happy with um, the atmosphere in Pittsburgh, etc. And it was tough with the AB situation, the Le'Veon Bell situation. But I think that Pittsburgh, if Juju Smith-Schuster can play, get the motivation he can, he can stay off TikTok and stay off his PS4 Xbox and Big Ben can be healthy and get the ball to that man. Um, the Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl. And I say that with utter confidence, absolute confidence in this man's ability to be clutch and play the game of football. You see it's third and two, third and three. Sure, he doesn't have the insane stats that he once had. But every time that Ben gets the ball to Juju Smith-Schuster on third down, fourth down, whatever, they need to play. They throw it to number 19 and he catches it every time. That's right. We have hands problems with other players in the league, other teams. Juju Smith-Schuster is someone that maybe has hands problems earlier in the game. Excuse me. But when it comes down to it, he clutches up. And um, talking about clutching up, comebacks, etc. Something I want to move on to is the Alex Smith conversation. Um, This guy, comeback player of the year. Um, Lots of of people were (laughs) even infuriated when someone nominated Big Ben for that. Um, but um, the Washington Redskins, and we've known this for a couple weeks now, uh, were playing the part ways with Alex Smith, and they did. Um, but what was it yesterday? Um, so they, so Alex Smith is now in free agency pool. 
Um, what do you think? Does he did he deserve that, or did, do you think he's going to make more money somewhere else? Right. So, um, just like how you mentioned how Big Ben was the runner-up for the um, Comeback Player of the Year award, I think any other year Big Ben probably would have won that award. But Alex Smith's story was just too great. I mean, coming back after missing so many years with that gruesome leg injury, it was horrible. But he came back so strong, came back healthy, looking good. He was obviously um, the winner. And, you know, going into free agency, I think that the Redskins probably could have kept him another year or two. I think he's still looking good. I think that he can still make a big impact on any team. But who knows? Maybe this is better for both teams. Maybe they can move on to a younger quarterback, and maybe Alex Smith can move on to a team. Um, maybe not as a starter, maybe as a backup, and maybe fills into a role of a team that loses a quarterback or something, and then he can come in and be that steady hand that they need, deliver them some touchdowns, deliver them some steady offense. I think that he can make a really big impact on a lesser team that needs a good quarterback or a good team that might need a solid backup in that position. Yeah, I, I like that take. And uh, now I'm thinking not specifically about Alex Smith. If we're looking at the Washington Red, sorry, football team, yet, yet, yet to have a name. Uh, I apologize for calling them the Redskins, but that's a different conversation. Um, who, who, who is their quarterback right now? Who is the, I, I, I'm seriously drawing blank. I don't know who's who's that quarterback for them. Taylor right? Heineke. Is if they're they stick so- with him, who knows if they'll if that's the solution to their problems right they're, now? They're sold out on this XFL kid from okay, um, and that's it because they cut Haskins right. He's he's no longer there. I know Pittsburgh was kind of interested in Haskins, but um, so they're sold out on Heineke. They, they, is there anyone else in the depth chart? Like if he was their next option, that's kind of ridiculous that they'd release someone like Alex Smith, someone with that veteran men- mentality, like we saw it with the Chiefs. When Mahomes, Mahomes went down, we had a 13, 14-year-old veteran come in there, and he sealed the game for them. Um, and that's kind of the player you need, especially if you're in limbo without a quarterback. So, I, to me, it doesn't make sense for anybody, both parties. Alex Smith coming back, he's, uh, he he's kind of just gotten started again. And now he doesn't have a team. He has to prove himself with another organization. Um, he's got to try and get money. And Washington doesn't have a quarterback they had a quarterback who played one good game and we can't judge anything on one game you know the the Patriots right now seem pretty set with Cam Newton they want to stick with him but I thought that Alex Smith fitting fitting in with Bill Belichick's system could work pretty well who knows if that'll end up happening there's no rumors of that as of right now but I feel like that would be a great fit and I don't believe that Cam Newton is any help in uh and for the Patriots right now I think that Cam Newton needs to fit in somewhere else. He's not that kind of system of a quarterback. But Alex Smith could fit in really well right there. He has the veteran leadership. Um, he's a good, strong, healthy quarterback. That could be a really good fit. But who knows what Bill Belichick and the Patriots will decide to do there. Yeah, yeah, you got to talk to Grandpa over there in New England see what he's feeling. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I never thought about that. I, I actually like that that idea. Um, but talking, speaking of injury, injuries, etc. cetera, um, move on. Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, they're hurt right now, but both of them in the All-Star game, both of them were supposed to be slated to play for Team Durant, um, and they're both out. But speaking specifically about the All-Star game, who's winning that game, assuming that they try? Right. I, don't, I think this is a no-brainer. I don't think there's any way Team LeBron will win unless, of course, they're just not trying at all. But you got Steph Curry, Giannis, 
LeBron, of course, Damian Lillard, Luka, Jokic. I mean, that's just a stacked team, right? Paul George, you got dudes that can rain it from three. Uh, you got some good inside presences. Uh, if, these, if this team tries at all, they're winning. There's no way Team Durant can stop them. I mean, you look on the other side, there's some good players. You got Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, of course, Harden. Kyrie, um, but this team just doesn't stack up quite as well as LeBron's team. I think this team is going to have great chemistry. I think they're going to have a lot of fun out there. And I know a lot of players in the All-Star game weren't too excited about it. They don't want to play and risk everything with COVID and how that's all going on right now. But I think if they just go out there and have some fun, put on a decent show, have a couple good plays where they're trying, I think it'll be great. It'll look good. And these are some really exciting teams out there on display. No, yeah, it's obviously the all-star game. They, but leagues all over the place, they have problems getting up, getting the players to gear up for this game. For whatever reason, it's not what it once was. You would see players going down the court hard, throwing blocks, doing everything they could, and they, they were trying. And it's just for for pride, you know? Um, I feel like that's kind of a mentality that we kind of lost in recent years, whether that be in the NHL or... Or because the NHL now they they're not even doing regular five on five All Star games; they're doing a three on three tournament um, because it was boring. Um, the NBA it's some high scoring, no defense, and I understand the whole injuries and crap. But if you have any sense of self self respect or or pride in the game, man, like it, it just I, I feel like it's, it's such a disgrace to whatever sport you're playing, whether that be the Pro Bowl or or the NBA All-Star Game or anything. Like, it's just, to me, I, I can't stand watching players with so much talent and such a big platform just out there just chilling. You know, I just think it's it's a waste of, it's a waste of television. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm with you there. I think this is a pretty bold take, but I think at this point with um, certain All-Star Games like the Pro Bowl and the NFL, they should kind of just remove that. I totally understand not going as hard as you can 100% in the Pro Bowl because when you got dudes out there 350 pounds running full speed uh, you don't want to risk any injuries especially with a guy like Aaron Rodgers right the last thing you want is someone Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady Patrick Mahomes getting sacked and then being out four or five games or tearing an ACL worse right but I think something like the NBA these guys go out and they play hundreds of games Uh, I mean, over the lifetime of their career, they're going to play hundreds and hundreds of games. And I think that just going out there and playing hard on an all-star game is something they should definitely compete for. We used to see guys like Allen Iverson, Shaq, Jordan, Kobe. They would go out and they would act like it's a real game. They were fighting so hard, jumping out of bounds to save balls for hustle plays, um, doing some great dunks, playing some real defense. And we're definitely losing that today. I think players are a lot more concerned with money and that aspect of everything. But I'm hoping that we can get a little bit of that back at some point. But there have been so many injuries, and that's been really hurting everybody a lot. Um, what do you think about how often people are sitting these days and taking breaks for rests and everything in the NBA? Oh, yeah, that's a great connection from this lackadaisical effort we see in the All-Star game. And it's this new era of load management, soft guys who are getting paid ridiculous amounts of money with no incentive to play basketball and i i know it's kind of a stretch connecting the all-star game to to load management but yesterday we had steph curry sit for no reason for rest like um yeah like i it just i can't stand it yeah we were talking earlier about how michael jordan would go out there play 82 games a season no problem unless he couldn't walk like this is it's it to me it's stupid that we have guys who train their entire lives to be on the court 
for 48 minutes and they can't do it every other night. Like it's it to me, it's a ridiculous thought. You look at Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball plays 162 games in the season. There's no days off. And we, aside from pitchers, everybody's playing every night. Pitchers and catchers, yeah, they're, they're different because they're throwing the ball like 500 times a game. But we're looking at every single day for 162 days of the year, these guys are, are, are there and they're starting every single time. I don't understand how we can have one players players in one sport do it and players in, in another not. And it's just so frustrating for me, especially when you see how much they're making. People are paying. Imagine, imagine you're raising you're raising a five-year-old son. He's got he's got LeBron James on the back of his jersey. Um, LeBron James obviously doesn't sit as much as other people, but they show up. He, he's looking, he's looking to see his favorite player, his idol on the court. And he's sitting there in a tracksuit and a nice, comfortable sweatshirt, sitting there, clapping his hands, and they're down by 20 points. It's just not healthy for the sport at all, in my opinion. And it's it, it, I, it's it's brutal. That's right. Just as you mentioned that we're kind of losing a lot of the pride in some of the sports and stuff just because of all the money. I mean, when you used to have guys back in the 80s, 90s and sports and stuff going out there fighting as hard as they could. I mean, cue the flu game of Michael Jordan, right? Who goes out when they're having a horrible flu, throwing up, can't barely focus, and yet he's still going out there, dropping um, double-doubles on teams, dropping 40 points. That's just unbelievable, right? But nowadays, I mean, we see guys, and they have a small ankle injury, and they're missing three to four weeks. And I understand the whole money aspect. If you're paying somebody $40 million a year, you don't want them to miss a whole year because you're re-aggravating an injury over and over again. But at the same time, they're getting that $40 million from us watching them they're they're there for our entertainment right i mean without without us fans they don't get that money um they don't have all this publicity so i think that they need to try to fight to uh stay in the game for us because it's for our entertainment and for the love of the game right i think we've lost a little bit of that that's, but that's something really important that everybody needs to have yeah that's that's exactly what i was going to say people support you you did not have to go to college a lot of them did, but they, you didn't have to finish college and you didn't have to apply yourself and work as, as hard intellectually, granted, um, not, I'm not discounting the, the insane amount of effort it takes to get to this level, but they are playing a game. And I have no problem with the amount of money they make, but if you're making that much money, you better play every single night. And I, I can't stand it because you're there, you're on the TV, you're in person. I don't care how people are consuming this entertainment because that's what it is you you don't see actors uh, in movies step off the screen for five minutes and just have a black screen because because they don't know this is paid because they're expecting a certain amount of money from people watching the movies so they get paid for the entirety of the film same thing you're getting paid for the entirety of the season you better play every single night and it's 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 so frustrating that we've come to this point where the inflation in their pay has gotten so high but the the quantity of them of their games has gone down. It doesn't make sense to me. And like I said before, I don't have I don't have a problem with the amount of money they make, and I don't have a problem with the amount of work it takes to get to the NBA or the NFL or the NHL or any model of professional sports. But you are not you're there's people out there with a lot less who 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 are paying and supporting your career. So you better play. 
Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think that a lot of this goes into the conversation of how much influence players have these days and how much control they have with what happens. I mean, we see James Harden. He didn't want to play in Houston. He said, I'm not going to play. You're going to trade me. And his number one destination was Brooklyn. He wanted to go to the Nets. And where did he end up? He ended up in Brooklyn with the Nets. The Rockets are far worse off without him. Um, they're not even a contender right now. And now that we see the Nets are dominant, uh, James Harden is kind of in the MVP conversation. He got exactly what he wanted. I think it's kind of crazy how you can see these these players these days. And used to, they just used to have their own little role. But nowadays, they have so much control over everything that happens. They decide who gets signed, where they go and play, what happens. What do you think about that whole aspect of it, too? Because I think it's getting a little bit out of hand. Yeah, like, you rarely see people um, with... Um, like anybody in the workforce does not have that kind of control over their placement, their their role. But um, it gets to sports, and sometimes we have drama queens. We have guys who won't participate unless they get exactly what they want, and they realize that they wield a lot of power because they can straight up say, um, "Well, then I won't play them," and then you you have a problem, and it started. Um, it, it has been going on for a long time, but I think it's snowballed on something that's 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 absolutely brutal and unhealthy for the entire world of sports. You know, um, I think that um, I believe that free agency is a perfect perfect place for players to go where they want to. You say, you know what, I'm not happy in this environment. I just got off of a three year contract playing in Chicago and now I want to move on. I want to go somewhere with some better weather, somewhere I'm going to like the team chemistry a little bit more. I think that's exactly what free agency is for. But nowadays we're seeing players, they sign these five years contracts, six year contracts, and then two, three years into the contract, they're like, you know what, this didn't live up to my expectations. Not loving it. I'm done. I'm going to move on. Um, and I don't think that's quite fair. And of course, you can make the argument, well, if a team can trade a player without the player's consent, then a player should be able to uh, request a trade or stop playing without the team's consent. But I disagree with that. Uh, the team is, a player is just a role on a team. Uh, they're another piece of it. And of course, a lot of those pieces are a lot more influential than others. Um, James Harden, LeBron James, these guys have a, a lot more of an important role than some of these other role players. But at the same time, the team is still the one making the decisions. They're the company, right? I, I think that it should be up to their discretion with what they do with their with their players, with their products. And I don't think that players should have quite as much influence and control as they do. But as of right now, that's what we're seeing in the leagues. Yeah, that's my thing. Is um, I have no problem with the um, the the consistent movement of players in the league. Um, that's a totally different conversation. But it's about the respect for the game, the athletes, and what the, what they got. Like when I look at guys like Ben Roethlisberger took a pay cut to sit with the Steelers because of some respect for the organization, the game, etc. Um, for example, Blake Griffin agreed to a buyout um, to get to get out of Detroit. Right? Like it's these kind of things where these guys are sacrificing on their own end um, for that decision, not saying I'm going to hurt the organization because I don't like the situation they're saying okay neither, it's, the situation is working for either of us um, so let's let's find um, a compromise and move on and so that, that was a big point Blake Griffin agreeing to a bio what, what was that for you what did you think about that right so I mean he was of course in a tough position in Detroit Blake Griffin's not the same player we once saw but 
him and Detroit were both kind of at split ends. Uh, he's not producing what they what they expected him to when they signed him to a lot of money a couple years ago. And now he's he's agreed to a buyout. He, he thinks some other teams are going to make some runs for him. There's some good contenders for him. Brooklyn, the number one contender. Uh, I think it's crazy if we get Blake Griffin to Brooklyn. We just have such a stacked team there, right? I mean, originally it was DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie. They were going to go make a super team in Brooklyn. Getting rid of D'Angelo Russell to, uh, of course, Golden State. And that was a super team. But then they decided, you know what? This is enough because we have to compete with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, almost LeBron James on his own. And we're going to go ahead and try to get James Harden. So they went out and get James Harden. Now we're going to be able to compete with LeBron a little bit more. And then, of course, that's not enough. We need another big man. So we're going to go try to get um, former All-Pro Blake Griffin, right? So now they have a very stacked team. And I think it's a little crazy how teams are able to, players especially, are able to form these super teams. It's not like back in the day when we had guys like Larry Bird, Magic, Jordan, of course, and they were very invested in their team. They had a lot of pride in their team. It's just like how me and you have pride in our teams, right? I'm a Steelers fan. I'm a Lakers fan. I have so much pride in those two teams. I don't care who comes and goes. Those are the teams I'm sticking with. But these guys don't have the the pride in their team and the organization like we once had. I mean, you mentioned Big Ben. I think Juju's another great example of that. He said he wants to retire a Steeler. I think that's how it should be. When you get drafted somewhere, you should be so excited and try to fit in with that atmosphere, with that city, with that culture. And of course, um, that can kind of come to an end at some point. If you're in a really bad situation, it totally makes sense if you're unhappy and you want to get out. But I think nowadays it's just becoming, where can I go to get as much clout and fame and popularity as I can? Where can I go to just get an easy win? It's like going out and when you're playing backyard football and you're just trying to get the two best players on the same team, right? Like you're trying to draft your best friend so you guys can just go out and dominate. But it's getting a little crazy now. And I think it's kind of ruining a little bit of the competition we have in a lot of sports these days. But I don't know. What can you do? Yeah, I feel like the problem is we've kind of lost this idea of the athlete as the job. And now it's the athlete, the personality, the athlete as the celebrity. You know what I mean? I completely agree with that. Jumping to some other current news, I mean, less dramatic storylines. We got the Mavericks jumping into playoff contention. Uh, we talked about it a couple podcasts ago. I was really looking forward to Luka Doncic and, of course, Kristaps coming out and playing a lot better. And, of course, they have. Um, we're seeing them now in the eighth seed. They've jumped up a couple spots. Just the other night, they were the seventh seed. They're eight and two in their last ten. So the Mavericks are doing really good. Uh, they're coming back. Another team is the Suns. I think the Suns are doing great. They're the number two seed. I wouldn't have predicted that. I don't know who would have, but they're looking really good. What do you think about a couple of those teams that are starting to come back and make a name for themselves? Well, honestly, I think that Devin Booker and Luka Doncic listened to the Cross Continental Sports Podcast because there's no other explanation to me. Um, I, I'm dead serious. Um, what did I say? I think it was week one or week two. I was talking about how Luka Doncic needed to step it up. He needed to be the man that, that the Mavericks needed him to be. He is that man. He has been consistent every night, putting up points, get getting assists, getting getting the ball to the right spots in the court all the time for the full 30-plus minutes that he's playing in the game. And um, I don't know if that's a culture thing. I don't know if it was just click, click, click. Um and the same thing in Phoenix, they've, they've been jumping up. I don't really think that they're going to be able to keep up this pace that they're running at right now. But Devin Booker, 
maybe he got that high from being <laughs> added back into the All-Star game. He was probably like, ooh, better, better prove myself again. But um, no, I definitely think that that this is the Mavericks everyone expected to see. That um, the Suns, I think this is kind of a, kind of, um, I don't know, a, a, a proxy, fake, fake placebo, uh, placebo movement of wins. Um, like the Chicago Bears and and this past season starting off five and one, and then we, we knew how that ended. But I I think that th- this is the Mavericks that we're probably going to see for the rest of the year if they can um, stay away from slumps and Luca can stay healthy um, and they don't they don't throw away th- throw away the year. Um, Phoenix, yeah, I, I I don't think that that's real at all. Um, I'm not sure how you feel about Dallas, but I think this is going to be a, a top contending team. Don't think that they're going to be um, able to compete with teams like Los Angeles, but you know what? I, I, I could be wrong. You know, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that we could totally see them make a playoff run similar to what the Nuggets did last season, where they kind of come out and they're not quite the the number one seed, and no one's everyone's kind of counting them out a bit, but then they come out they. They're beating some good teams, having some big comebacks, putting up a lot of points. We even saw it last season against the Clippers in the playoffs. Luka Doncic was going out dropping 45-point triple-doubles and putting the Clippers on notice, um, leading them to a six-game series. So we could totally see that again this year. I think Kristaps is a huge factor. Got to keep him healthy. I mean, he's in and out of the lineup all the time, hurting my fantasy chances. But we're going to see how that, how that turns out. As for the Suns, I mean, Chris Paul's playing great. Uh, of course, he's an all-star. Devin Booker is starting to step it up, doing really good. Um, he is now an all-star, um, filling in in place for injuries. But these guys are looking good. Um, I'm excited for the Suns. They haven't had these had these great runs in a long time, but we're going to see how that goes. And then as for the number one seed, the Jazz, they're still looking at 27-9. and nine. Definitely the number one seed in the West, um, number one seed in the entire league. They're looking good, but I don't know how long they can keep it up they just don't have that one great all-star that one lebron james that one kevin durant that can really um bring it to them come playoff times but i'm excited for them too i'm looking forward to seeing what they can do in the playoffs and maybe have a better year than they've had for the last couple seasons right last yeah when i look at the jazz i'm i'm having a hard time to decipher whether this is a real team who has perfect chemistry and they can consistently put up points and wear down a team, not just the team starters, but their bench, because they have quality players coming from their bench. But that, that's what I'm trying to decipher. Maybe they got this magic money ball kind of mentality where they've got a bunch of top players who just gel together perfectly that maybe they've got, maybe they figured out the formula to winning basketball games every night without somebody who costs $100 million, right? Um, so... Because when we talk about guys like this, these we're talking about guys who have been able to cut an organization and take over and win. We don't. You you mentioned it. Utah doesn't have that, but maybe they have this formula, this magic magic mis- mixture of average players. I say average in quotations because it takes a high level of skill to play professional basketball, but by other standards, compared to guys like LeBron James, Steph Curry, these guys. Um, I wouldn't put them on the same level, but maybe they do have this magic formula for winning that um, that other teams have yet to figure out. And but it is, to be fair, it is more fun to talk about guys like LeBron James because not everybody likes to talk about 
um, you know, points per game, points per minute, assists, assists when defending so and so, right? So, um, but it is more fun. So, you know what? Why, why, why don't we do it, Blake? I would like to hear your top five athletes in recent history. Right. So, I mean. I think my top 10 current athletes, th- this is always going to be up for debate. Nobody's ever going to be happy with any list you throw out there. But there are some great guys to take in consideration. One of the greatest athletes of all time, I mean, Tom Brady. Look at him. Look at what he's been able to do. We love having him as a topic on our show. He's doing great. Just won another Super Bowl this past year. Doesn't have any signs of slow- slowing down. I think he's got to be probably the best current athlete in the world with everything he's been able to accomplish. Of course, I don't necessarily think he's in his prime. And he's not the, the typical athlete that we see, not the kind of guy that's going to go out there, uh, run a 100-yard dash, jump out of the building, be amazing, throw perfect dimes like Patrick Mahomes. But he is able to consistently win. He's able to consistently dominate. Got to be at the top of that list. I'm looking at the other dudes so similar, LeBron James. Of course, LeBron James does have the physical physique um, of the top athlete, right? Maybe one of the best physical physiques of all time. I mean, 6'9". 250, 260, extremely fast, very agile, um, and he's been able to dominate basketball more than anybody else in the last about 20 years. He has been amazing. He's got to be up there on that list. Then you look at some other dudes. Um, how about Roger Federer, right? One of the greatest, if not the greatest tennis player of all time. Absolutely amazing. He's dominated tennis for the last 20 years. And something that is really important to me when I'm taking great athletes into consideration is the length of time they're able to dominate, right? Consistency over a long stretch of time. And I think that's so important for so many people. I'm looking at Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. I mean, I've people have been talking about them since I was a kid, and yet now they're still dominating into their 30s, right? All of these guys are in their mid to late 30s, still dominating, still the number one in their sport. It's going to be pretty crazy to see them go. Um, they're going to have to usher in a new wave of great athletes. But those are definitely my top five current athletes right now. I, It's up for debate, obviously, but I think that that's a pretty clean list. Love those guys. So dominant. Um, the best in their respective sports. Ronaldo and Lionel Messi probably 1A, 1B, and whatever you want to um, talk about. They, that could go either way, but they're both so dominant. What do you think? What do you think your favorite, some of the best athletes are out there? So for me, currently, I think Brady and LeBron are definitely in my top five. Um, but I, I I seriously have to go with um, LeBron James. Current history, recent history. LeBron James is the greatest athlete in recent history. And I say that because of his power, his sole power to come to an organization, turn it around, turn the team around, pick up the players around him, and turn them into better athletes. Um, you you could say that Kyrie Irving, before playing with LeBron James, is was much better post LeBron James, post that experience. And that, for me, is why I think he he is the greatest athlete in recent history. You he goes to Miami, he wins. He goes to Cleveland, his home, he wins. He's, he comes to LA and, and he wins. And it seems like it's just not going to stop and yeah his his hairline might might be falling back but it doesn't seem like he is on the court and that's that 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 that's for me what does it his sole power to take over and this is a hot topic it's a debate in my house and and my my dad says that 
um, Brady is Brady is the best, but I think when we look at basketball, LeBron's ability to take over a team sport by himself without without as much support, because I, I don't think Brady has had... Um, everyone always uses that argument against Brady, the Bill Belichick argument. Um, but I feel like LeBron has had the least amount of help and the most amount of success on his own in a team sport, and that for me is why he is number one. Tom Brady is number two. He has had a similar effect as LeBron James has had, um, but he's number two just because of that Bill Belichick factor. Um, I think he did quiet a lot of the haters, but personally, I do believe that Bill Belichick is one of the is probably the great the greatest coach um, since since Madden, um, right? So that that's why Brady is underneath LeBron for me. Um, when I'm looking at number three, um, it it's got to be um, Sidney Crosby, guy, Canadian born. Maybe I have a weak spot for him, but this guy came into the league. He was a prospect since the age of twelve. People were watching this kid in pee wee hockey. This little kid thinking this guy is going to be the next big thing. Imagine that you're being twelve and you're walking around and people are you're on Sports Center at night and people think that you're going to be on national television one day and winning the Stanley Cup. And sure enough, he comes in and he plays with some of the greatest athletes of all time in Pittsburgh: Yammer Yager, Mario Lemieux, etc. And he 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 eventually led them to a championship. And so Sidney Crosby is my number three. Um, I have Cristiano Ronaldo as my four. We can get we can get along there. For me, Messi he he doesn't make the top five cut. I know it's a bit tough, but but for me, Ronaldo edges out Messi, and I I I don't feel like um I I have room for two soccer players in my top five list. And um. Number five is tough because when you get to number five, you got to edge. You got to edge a lot of other guys out, right? So there's so many people that could fit into that last little slot. And for me, it's got to be. You brought it up. You talked about him before, but it is. Um, I know he's he's gone down, and um, but it's it's Michael Phelps. That guy, his ability to show up every day to the pool and win. And it's just absolute dominance, regardless of the sport. That's my top five: LeBron James, Tom Brady, you know, Sidney Crosby, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Michael Phelps. You know, I think that's a great list, and I love how you mentioned Michael Phelps. I mean, he's one of my favorite athletes, um, especially being red-blooded American, loving loving the Olympics, him going out there and getting more gold medals, more Olympic medals than any athlete ever. I think that he has probably dominated his respected sport more than any athlete has dominated in individual sport of all time. Um, I maybe didn't throw him in my list because a little bit older. He's not in the Olympics anymore, dominating like he used to be. But, I mean, he still has more impact on swimming than most athletes do on their sport of all time, right? Uh, love how you mentioned LeBron James, the LeBron James factor, right? How he's able to go wherever he wants and he's able to win, right? He goes to Miami after making it in Cleveland, making it to the finals but not quite winning, needed a little bit more help. Boom, goes, wins two championships, makes it to four straight. Then he decides to leave, go back to Cleveland, wins a championship there. Then he was up to about eight straight and what really set LeBron over the edge for me was in 2018 when he was able to bring the fourth seed Cavs to the championship against the Warriors, of course, 
the dominant Warriors, Durant, Clay, Curry, Draymond. He took a team of guys like J.R. Smith, uh, George Hill, Kevin Love, injury-prone Kevin Love, who didn't really have much of an impact, Tristan Thompson. That team should not have been in the finals that year. They were beating teams like the Raptors, who were so dominant. And he brought them to the championship. Of course, they got swept. But that very first game of the finals drops 51 points, comes out, absolutely dominates, makes it into overtime. Of course, we have that JR blender. But it's just unbelievable to see a guy have such an individual effect on a team sport. Like, that's just unbelievable. Dominating in an individual sport like Michael Phelps is able to do in swimming is one thing. Going to a team sport where there's five guys that all got to be clicking and doing great, and one dude can lift them so far above everyone else, I think that that's completely fair to throw LeBron up above anybody else in that now, conversation. But, of course, yeah, it's always for sure, debate. For sure. And what I like is you mentioned the team aspect. We're, we're running short on time. But quickly, I want to hear the greatest team your Blake Burdan's greatest team prior to the 2010s. Right. I mean, prior to the 2010s, we have had so many great dynasties. So many. But you're gonna, I'm going to take in three teams to consideration. And believe it or not, they're all going to be basketball teams. We got the 80s Lakers, 80s Celtics, and the 90s Bulls. Right? Those three teams are so far above everyone else in this conversation, both in terms of their accolades and their success and in terms of the the players that were on those teams. We got Larry Bird and the 80s Celtics. That team was so dominant. Robert Parrish. Um, of course, we got Larry Bird, who was just unbelievable, going out there and competing every night. Shouldn't have been as great as he was, but he was able to do stuff that were unbelievable, especially during the time. And he also beat my 80s Lakers, who I love the Lakers. I'm a huge Lakers fan, but he was able to beat my 80s Lakers several times. Bird won three straight MVPs. Moving on to the Lakers, we got Magic. We had Kareem. That was a very dominant team, able to win several championships in the 80s. But then we got a new young guy who came into the league in the 80s, Michael Jordan. He didn't have, quite have the team around him in the 80s to compete with the Celtics and the Lakers. But when the Celtics and Lakers started to get a little bit older, some of those guys were leaving the league. Michael came in in the 90s. He got Pippen on his team, and they were able to win three straight championships. Decided to leave the league at the top of his game, came back in. Uh, got Dennis Rodman on the team to help him out, won another three championships. For me, it has to be the 90s Bulls, even though I don't love to admit it. Wish I could say it's the Lakers. Would even love to say it's the Celtics, even though they're my rivals. But Jordan and those Bulls were just too dominant. I think that the 90s Bulls has to be my greatest dynasty, my greatest team prior to 2010. And believe it or not, you, you, I, I, I'm not opposed to that idea of, 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 that, of that Bulls team. But for me, I couldn't stop thinking. After you said Dennis Rodman, I, w- I was sent. Um, I, I don't really want to know what that man is up to now. He, he is a character that is absolutely wild, and he pushes the boundaries in almost every category and of athletics, celebrity, and um, if you want to say identity. That man is wild. But that, I think, is <laughs> a conversation for another day. Um, we are running short on time. I think that's going to do it for us today. I appreciate everybody coming out, listening to our third episode of our inaugural season of Cross Continental Sports. And we hope to see you guys all next week. Look for our next our next week's episode, excuse me, where we'll be covering all the latest news across every sport in North America.
See you later, everybody.